I want to invite you to the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs online community. Inside this community, we can take the EHAN assessment, and that's what all of this is based on. It's a self-assessment that we should be doing about every 12 weeks to evaluate how satisfied we are in our health, our wealth, our relationships, recreation, and our business. The goal is to live a satisfied life. So go ahead, join the community, do the assessment, and go ahead and sign up for that blind spot call. That'll get us one-on-one -on -one talking about your assessment so you can get a better perspective and so you can set the best goals possible. All right, all the links are in the show notes. Enjoy the show. The conversation that I like to have with myself of like, what are you gonna do? Like. Every race has a new reason to quit. Like, you know, some is like, hey, I'm feeling really great, but it's hot out. You now some is like, hey, I'm just like, I'm crushing it. Some other stuff is like, like you have, you know, there's like stomach issues or injuries or, you know, things pop up all the time. And it's just, it's long enough and it's hard enough that it puts you in a world of uncertainty at some point. And you have to figure out how you're going to react and what you're going to do to get through it. Joel Runyon is a man of many skills and a man with an iron will competing in over seven ultra marathons in seven different countries. ImpossibleHQ.com is his lifestyle performance site designed to help people overcome their limits mentally and physically. Joel incubates businesses like MoveWellApp.com and UltimateMealPlans.com. He also invests and advises in startups in the health and productivity space. As legend has it, Joel has a very difficult time saying no to any challenge. Enjoy the episode with Joel Runyon from Impossible. My name is Tim Palladino, and this is the Entrepreneurial Hierarchy of Needs podcast. Joel, thank you so much for being here. Uh, a close friend of mine right here in Austin, Texas. Um, I, you know, there's, we've had a couple of people on the podcast and none have been, I guess, uh, that, that, uh, this close as a friend to where I was researching and I was learning so much more about you. And I gotta say, I'm glad you're my friend. I'm pretty fucking impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how impressive that is, but uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to be here. Happy to to know you here in Austin, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is an important one, man. This is um, you know, this kind of hits to, for me personally. And I'd like to hear your take on this. This covers both both spectrums of health, right? The mental and the physical uh, aspects of of health. Um, what what got you into um, starting? Uh, impossible HQ. What was, what was the main motivator? Yeah. So this story starts like a long time, like 11 years ago, almost. Um, I basically graduated from college and uh, I'd done all the things you're supposed to do in life. Uh, got good grades, studied a lot, got an old major, did another sport, traveled abroad, all that fun stuff. And I was like a pretty good rule follower. So I was like following all the rules and doing all the things you're supposed to do. And I didn't really think about what happened when you got to like the end of the road. Like once you got through school, it was always like super easy for me. Like I kind of figured out how to like hack tests. Like I wasn't like super smart, but I was just like, you know, they'll give you the answer to the test sometimes in the mm -hmm. test. So you just have to like find it and then like match it up. Um, but I never really thought about like what happened afterwards. And so I, I was never one of those guys who always knew what he wanted to do. It just seemed like I would just, you know, like, I didn't really want to get a job, but like, that's what you do. So I guess I'll go do that. But I graduated in 2009. It was a terrible time to graduate. I graduated from a tiny little school that nobody had ever heard of. So that didn't help. 
And, um, you know, I started applying to jobs through like monster.com and like career builder, if you remember those and yeah, like nothing just worked, nothing worked. And, um, I, I didn't realize, well, like nobody was really hiring. Even people that like had like secure jobs were getting that delayed six, 12 months, whatever. And so, um, I was feeling pretty bad about myself. Uh, I started applying, you know, kind of my A choices, then my B choices, then Starbucks then target, then like anything, just give me a job. I want to get out of my parents' basement, got a part-time job at UPS for a little bit, started slinging some packages during the Christmas rush. Uh, after Christmas, they basically let everybody go. And then I'm back in my parents' basement again and be like, this is it. Like I did all that work for all that school. And this is what I got to show for it. Um, and it's kind of depressed. Like it was like not great time. Um, and I had a lot of people that like, you know, I was reading a bunch of blogs on the internet and seeing these people travel the world and like go to these different places, uh, start their own businesses. And I was like, I'd love to travel. I'd love to start my own business, but I have no money. I have no skills. I don't know anything about anything. Um, and everything seemed impossible. Um, and so I had this list of things that I wanted to do, but I didn't feel like I could do any of them. And then, um, you know, I was feeling bad about myself, watching Netflix, just, you know, kind of pushing things off. But then I kept reviewing this list. And the first thing on the list was, or not the first thing, but as I go down, it'd be like, there's nothing on this list that I feel like I can actually really do. Um, but as it got to the bottom, there was one that was uh, run a triathlon. And I had an excuse for why mm. I couldn't start a business. I had an excuse for why I couldn't travel the world. I didn't have an excuse for why I couldn't go out and run a triathlon. And so... Uh, I just started training for this triathlon. I signed up for like an indoor triathlon outside Chicago and uh, just started, you know, working on this thing. And so like six weeks later, I signed up for this race. I did the race and I finished it. And I was like, whoa, like you just did that. Uh, you spent, you know, so long telling yourself that you couldn't do this and you just went out and did it. What other things did you do if you just like decided to, to go for it? And so that's where I started like, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, what else on this list can I go do? And so it started with triathlons, started doing longer triathlons, um, eventually tricked myself into becoming a runner, started doing longer distance stuff, started taking that mindset, applying it to like my job hunt, got a job, worked my way up that job, got a different job, you know, eventually started my own business. Um, but that mindset of shifting from like everything feels impossible to, hey, you know, what if impossible is a challenge? not like an end all be all statement. Yeah. And using that as an orienting factor to go after interesting things and do interesting things with my life and, um, you know, writing about it and then also breaking that down and making it, um, um, possible for other people through training programs, through fitness programs, um, and all of that. So it's kind of, it kind of breaks down to, you know, uh, fitness, nutrition, mindset and then you're bringing it all together to like go do interesting things and live an interesting story yeah that's just it's it's really interesting the way you you frame that um because i think of it the same way too like when i feel something's impossible or i fear that that fight or flight it's it's i've now trained myself to see that as okay time just change the way i think not to yeah. abandon ship but actually look at it from a different different way there was a book I'm going to fail on the author, but it's called the obstacle is the way. And it really taught me. Yeah. Right. Ryan, Ryan holiday. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that was one of those, uh, it just happened to be, I was starting jujitsu at the time and that's terrifying. 
There's no, and I was like in the heavy, heavy weight where like, there's no cap. So, so I was, I was coming in at like 232 and these guys are like 400 pounds. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Okay. They're the obstacle. They're the way we'll figure this out. Um, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it was a terrifying moment and you can either abandon ship or you can just start paddling towards shore. Well, I'll give an example. So it's been, you know, everybody said it kind of a weird last year. Right. Um, and <laughs> it's been a while since I've done something for the first time. And so I, I went out and, uh, I've been talking about kite surfing for a long, long time. Mm. And, um, one of our friends, Brian was like, you've been talking about that for a while. And I'm like, okay, now I have to go do it. Like I'm like, oh, yep. Brian call me out. And so I went down there and I basically booked a week and I've gone before and I kind of know the basics. And so like day one and day two, it was just kind of like doing what I've been doing before. Like I was falling down a lot, like eating it. And somewhere like around day two, I was just like, maybe, maybe I can't figure this thing out. Maybe I was like, maybe I'm the guy that just can't figure out kiteboarding. Um, and then I was just like, you know, it kind of brought myself back to like, dude, you just need to like, you just put in the time. You're going to figure it out. Like, it's going to be okay. Like you're going to, you just need to put in the work. And then literally like right after I thought that, like the next time I was like up and moving and it's like, uh, I, I want to say that like, oh, it's just automatic at this point, but it's still like, it, it always comes up where you're like, can I just not figure this thing out? Is this just like other, something that other people could do and I can't do it. And as soon as mm -hmm. like, you let go of that story and you like step into like, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm willing to fall down for three days in a row. If that means that's what it takes to learn to kiteboard. Like I'll make that sacrifice. And then at the end of three days, like, you know, then you can reevaluate, but like, you know, yeah. day two, don't, don't quit early. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's like literally last week. So, uh, it's kind of a good reminder to keep fresh in your where, head. Where was that? A uh, South Padre. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And South Padre okay. apparently is awesome for kiteboarding. So, uh, I'd known a little bit about that in the back of my head, but I didn't know it was like, it's probably, it's the best place I've ever learned just because you can get reps in. Um, and so you can fall down and get back up and go immediately versus like yeah. wasting time doing other stuff. So we can, we can jump off the kiteboarding train, but the, uh, if people want to go kiteboarding in Texas, South Padre is the spot. I definitely want to try it. It's, it's one of those things. I'm at that point in my life now where it's, it's anything that is outside the norm is so attractive. And like, I I'm, and the more, the less I know about it, the more I want to try it. Yep. Cause why not? Doesn't mean I want to do yeah. it professionally. I just want to try it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so that, that's great. That's great. So you, you ended up starting, you, you started with triathlons, a uh, triathlon. Sorry. Yeah. Triathlons. I don't know why that word doesn't didn't sound right coming off my tongue. Um, so you started with that. Um, what, what was your what was your last event? I feel like it was pretty uh, the the most recent thing that I've done uh, was the longest night race a couple weeks a couple months ago. It was the longest was. night of the year, and um, a few friends and I got together in Austin and you ran around the track um, on the longest night of the year, and it ended up being like fourteen hours, and you just see how many laps you can get. Um, and that's its own different, you know, ultra marathons where you're going places, you're running up mountains, you're yeah. seeing cool vistas is like one thing running around in a circle, uh, in the pitch black at night, um, is like a different type of challenge. So that's a whole different mental, uh, mental game going on. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We you know what they should do is they should introduce like Panther noises 
and and <laughs> and like chainsaw noises just to like keep it interesting. Like, if you want to come out, you uh, we can, you know, it's my event. So like, if you want to come out with the boombox, you can just start can chasing please, people. Can we please do one around holiday, like a haunted five k, where we just dress all our friends up in uh, in, in in like ghouls and just start chasing folks? We can we can just have like it. It it would have to be some sort of endurance version. So like you can all like it's the last one standing. And so like mm-hmm. the monsters just pick off That's people one idea. at a time. That's, That's the actually, idea. That's actually a great idea. That's a great idea. I'm digging um, it. I'm digging it. I'm in. Yeah. Um, great. So so you were talking about so you 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 um your business is two prong. It's nutrition and fitness, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, what do you, what do you, um, what do you think is first now? There's, there's a couple of different arguments and I've heard more for one side than the other, uh, nutrition first, then fitness, start getting a baseline of fitness, then nutrition. What are your thoughts on that? So the way I talk about stuff is I, I think most people are disconnected from their body in like a lot of ways. Like everybody wants to make everything yeah. like a mental problem and we spend so much time on screens we spend so much time like listening to podcasts we're processing everything up here um and that's fine but then people get stuck in their other areas of life and they just feel like everything's like a mental problem everything's like stuck in their head and i don't think that people spend enough time in their bodies and doing physically difficult challenges and so the way i talk about a lot of stuff is like go have like these hard, difficult experiences where you think you want to give up, you want to quit, you want to go home and you, you don't think you can go on. And that could be, um, that could be an endurance challenge. That could be like something like skydiving. It's like, you get to the edge and you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't think I can do it. And then you go do it and you have a different experience. It could be something like cold showers where you're like, I don't think I want to do this. And then you do it and then you get out and you're done five minutes later. Uh, it can be something like learning a new skill where you're literally sitting in the water for like two hours, like I was, and like, I don't think I can do this. And then you finally get over that mental hurdle and you go do it. And what those real life experiences teach you is that just because your mind wants to quit or give up or doesn't think you can do it, doesn't mean you actually uh, can't do it. It's like, it's like this uh, governor trying to keep you safe. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's trying to, you know, keep, the system operating well below its threshold so it doesn't spike into any danger zones. But what you realize is if you're like, you know, you're 50 miles into a race and you have another 16 miles left to go and your brain starts kicking up, you're like, I don't think I can do this. I should quit. I should go home. And then you override it and you do it anyways. Uh, you start to see where that happens in every other area of your life where you're trying to quit or you're trying to call it the easy way out before you're even close to the edge. And so I always say, like, in some respects, fitness to me is an enablement, enable, enablement for the things you want to do. Like, we have a couple programs on like gaining strength or losing weight, but those are really designed to enable the other things you want to do. If you, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, there's a bunch of people that are uh, overweight and ultra endurance people. Um, and it's totally accessible to a lot of people, but a lot of people find it's like puts a lot of stress on their joints that they don't want to do. So, you know, if that's the case and they want to lose a bunch of weight and then, you know, start training for an ultra endurance event. But I find that any physical challenge where you can get your head, your, your, your like 
get outside of your head and into your body. When you're experiencing a cold bath, uh, you have to be in your, you can't be thinking about like, what did you say yesterday? You know, what's coming up tomorrow. You have to just like be focused and get it all done. Um, and so I, I, I try to push people to physical experiences where they think they want to quit. They want to give up and they want to go home and then like have the mental experience of like overcoming that. And then they get these reference points in their life where they say like, I remember that one time I didn't think I could do it, but then I actually did it. So maybe I'm experiencing that here too. And I'm going to overcome it again. And if you build that up, uh, you build multiple reference points, you build uh, resiliency, and then you build self-trust um, that you can go into hard things that you're not sure you can finish and you can figure it out. Um, yeah. So, so I would say it's like physical challenges and mindset. And then once you get that, you can take that and say like, okay, do I have physical fitness goals? Okay. And, and then if you have like, uh, like body transformation goals, like it's really, really focused on nutrition, but it's all kind of like one, you got to fix your brain first. Second, then, you know, how do you train your body up to be in the shape to do whatever adventure you want to go on next? So, um, does that answer the question that it does? It does. And, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier. There's, it's uh, almost like a, you start with the self-esteem exercises, you know, you push yourself to the edge of the, of the old software yeah, and yeah. like realize that, all right, we're in a new condition right now. The old software is a little obsolete. So it allows you to kind of like hack into the old code. Yeah. So it's funny that you say self-esteem. Cause I'm not like, I'm not like super into self-esteem, but the way you said it um, and we're in Austin, right? So it's like super woo woo. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. love yourself. Give, you know, give yourself a hug, talk to yourself, you know, positive affirmations. And I don't know if I just don't relate to that, but to me, I kind of, I kind of like to do that in a proving way. Like I'm going to prove to myself that I'm like, like trustworthy. Like I'm going to go into this thing and I, I don't know how to kite surf now, but I'm going to give myself the space. And by the end of yep. it, I'm going to trust that I'm going to figure it out. And then when I do, you build that, you build that self-trust in like a provable way. Like I, I have that yeah, memory. Scientific method. Back on. Yeah. yeah. And and I find that personally is much more helpful than being like, like positive thoughts are good. Positive affirmations are good. But I feel like a lot of people get stuck where they're like, I'm saying all these things to myself, but then it's disconnect from the doing. And so if you can add the doing in there and prove it to yourself, you're like, Hey, you actually might not think very much of yourself, but you've, you figured that out last week. So like provably, like you could probably yeah. figure out the next thing. And so whether or not you're feeling good about yourself, you, you can still have uh, a little more, like trust, uh, in your ability to accomplish things. Yeah. So I think, uh, cause I used to think of them as very, uh, separate things, like very separate things. But I think the more I think about it and seeing the communities here, I think one leads to another. I think the mm -hmm. it's, and I hate to use this term, but it's like, it's fake it till you make it to where you're filling yeah. your head with the thoughts that allow you to take the plunge that then allow you to create the self-esteem that gives you the trust in yourself to take calculated risks it's it's less about you know when people talk about fake it till you make it it's like a derogatory standpoint to like scammers right so like yeah there's one thing to be like fake it to other people but like you kind of have to fake it to yourself you're like i believe in you more than you believe in you right now so you're gonna have to go mm -hmm. for it and then like i don't think there's anything wrong with that piece uh, it's the when you're trying to like lie and cheat people out of stuff that's like 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. Doable, yes. yeah. But yeah, fake it till you make it. It's like like you gotta believe you can do something before you can do it. Yeah. So like you might as well. You know, an, another way to put it was so when I first uh, when I first started doing jujitsu, I I got I got bit off way more than I can chew, and I started doing competitions. And I had to, and this is the term that I came up with. I had to have a healthy disregard for reality. I knew yeah. that it. I've never done a competition before. I'm probably getting yeah. my ass whooped upside down. But I have to take that thought and understand that that's based in reality. But I need to prove myself wrong. If I think I can yeah. only go one mile, I need to train to go five so I can at least get 1.1, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, yeah, yeah. and it, and it, it, it gives me a nice balance personally because it gives me something further to reach for. So like my, my great grandfather had a term, uh, shoot for the stars and accept the moon, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. So that, that's kind of where that that's all based off. So if you, if you train harder than you need, you'll always land where you need to, you always land it, where you should. Didn't, uh, Tom McDonald just come out with a, his album on that? Well, no. Oh, uh, no. What? Uh, reach, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reach through the stars? stars or whatever. Yeah, as far as, as stars. Far as yeah. Stars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In case you guys haven't heard, Joel and I are big Tom McDonald's fan. Like every time a new song comes out or anything, we're, we're definitely texting each other. Uh, if you haven't heard Tom McDonald yet, definitely, uh, definitely check him out. And Tom, if you're listening, I'd love to interview you, man. <laughs> I really, because you know what I really get, like? Get, get on, on this. <laughs> I love how he talks about addiction and he he's so raw about the stuff that he's talking about. And it, yeah, it's yeah. I, I can't, I can't say enough about him. He's, he's a, he's, like, killer. he's even a killer if, artist. Even if you don't like his music, I, like I, I kind of respect his entrepreneurial aspect where he's just like, yeah. I'm doing this all myself. And like, uh, you don't have to like his music. You know I mean? Like, yeah. you know, he's got like his own, you know, vibe going on. So you might not like that, but like, it's like anytime someone's hustling and they're just like making stuff happen and they're executed, I'm just like that guy. Yeah. And he, he even goes an extra level because he has multiple vibes. And that's one of the things like over the last couple of weeks, he's been re releasing things that are like a little bit heavier, like a little bit rock, some little like kind of punk. And he never once apologizes for it. He just warns everybody. I'm yeah. letting you know I'm doing something for me and you might not like it. Hope you yeah. enjoy. And you, I yeah. respect that so much. So, so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, he, he's, he's an amazing artist. Uh, j jumping back to, to ultras. So when you do, what's the right now, right? So you've, you've led, led this amazing uh, career running ultras and, and in business stuff like that. What is the main benefit for you doing ultras now? Uh, so physically, like, I don't really think there's like a huge, like physical, like benefit to ultra marathons. Like if someone's coming to me and they're asking like for training advice, and they're like, they're really focused on like body comp and they want to get like Jack for summer. It's like, you probably don't have to run ultras, man. Like you're, you're good. Like, I think there's like an interesting level of like standard physical fitness where it's like, if you can run a half marathon in a certain amount of time, like that's pretty good. And like, you're good on like aerobic capacity, but like running an ultra marathon is more of an exercise in endurance and like, like mental fortitude for me than anything else. Yeah. Like, uh, the fun thing about ultra marathons is any, an ultra marathon is literally defined by anything longer than a normal marathon. So you can run 26.2 and then like run home or you, you know, run to seven 11 and get a beer or something like that. And like, and that's an ultra marathon. Um, but what I like about that is that, you know, a lot of people will run a marathon and a marathon is like the longest thing that most people will think about 
running and they'll push themselves as far as they think like most people can go. And then they go home. And what's fun about an ultra marathon is like when most people go home is literally the start of an ultra. Like everybody's like, Oh, I'm getting up. I'm ramped up to run a 26.2. And then it's like, okay, where, when, you know, you have a 20,000 person, you know, race in Chicago for a marathon or whatever. And then like a, there's a 50, 50 on the race where it's like, 85 people or something like that and so it's like when most people go home that's when the race starts and so what's fun about an ultra is like it doesn't really start until it sucks and then like when it starts to suck it's like that's the conversation that i like to have with myself of like what are you gonna do like every race has a new reason to quit like you know some is like hey i'm feeling really great but it's hot out you know some is like hey i'm just like i'm crushing it some other stuff is like like you have you know there's like stomach issues or injuries or, you know, things pop up all the time. And it's just, it's long enough. And it's hard enough that it puts you in a world of uncertainty at some point and you have to figure out how you're going to react and what you're going to do to get through it. And yeah. I just think that's good practice for, for life. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is it starts as a mechanical endeavor. And then yeah. at some point it changes, it shifts to that, that mental and mechanical. Yeah. And I, you know, for, for me, part of, part of it is literally, you know, as you do more and more things like these reference points that I was talking about earlier, keep shifting more and more and more. And like, you know, if you, you, everybody talks about meditation, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of an extreme person. I've, I've stopped trying to be balanced. Kinda. I don't know if that's, yeah. I don't know if like <laughs> balanced is even that useful for me, but, um, uh, I find, you know, everybody talks about meditation and I'm like, I don't get meditation, man. Like I, I've tried it. I tried to get into it. I think I'm going to just completely give up on it. Cause I don't, I don't, I, I didn't connect with my friend it. Liv Bauer, man. Liv Bauer from man. the great studios, man. She, she'll well, get she's, you if she's the one on, if she's on the one right before me, that's fine. But, uh, but you know, for me, I find meditation and like, like if you're on like a 50 kilometer run, uh, you're going to have a lot of time to yourself to think. Mm -hmm. Or if you get in an ice bath and you sit in there for 10, 15 minutes, you're going to have a lot of time to think about stuff. Um, and I find things where I'm actively engaging my body, um, I actually meditate much better than if I'm just like doing nothing. Uh, by yeah. physically engaging my body, what I mentioned earlier is like, I feel like it releases, like it, it unlocks the ability for me to focus a lot more just right now versus hey i'm sitting here should i be sitting here should i be going somewhere else you know all that stuff and so i find it's like a, it's a really good way to one get to know yourself and push yourself but also like you know access those parts of your brain that you know maybe you know you don't give yourself the time to you know if you have four yeah. hours out on a run uh with no music you got a lot of you got a lot of time with yourself and you're gonna get to know yourself pretty good yeah i i remember um forgetting my headphones at the gym uh forgetting my headphones on the way to the gym once. And I had to run the treadmill without headphones. And I, I, and I'm not a big runner, I'm not a big runner. And no. so it was maybe like two miles, but it was like, I got a lot done in that, that mm -hmm. time. I got a real yeah. lot done, a lot of clarity. Yeah. Um, now getting back to the gym, I'm, I'm during my planks. Like yeah. I forget about time. I mean, I'm still suffering. I'm still, you know, yeah. wobbling. Um, but, um, but it's still like, I forget about time and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just I, kind of disappear into it. Yeah, I think 
um, I started, I started triathlons and triathlons. You're not allowed to listen to music. You're not allowed to have like my uh, headphones or anything like that uh, oh. because of, I don't know why, but unlike a lot of sanctioned races, like you just can't bring it because there's bikes, there's a lot of gear transition area. It gets messy. Mm. Um, so I was like, if I can't race with it, I'm never going to train with it. And so then I started running all these long distances without any music. And then I was just like, okay, I'm in a marathon now and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm just listening to myself. So, yeah. uh, I find it's, you know, the, the, there's a lot of benefits to working out with music, but I find especially like long distance stuff where if, if you can go out there by yourself, you get to know yourself really good. Right. In ways that, right. Yeah. In ways that people might not want to, but, uh, you get to, you know, all like your excuses, all your BS, all your flaws, you know, all the things that are good, whatever, but like you get to know yourself pretty well. Yeah. The veil comes up, the veil comes up yeah. for sure. So like 24 hours to 48 hours before going into you know, any endeavor like this, what's, what, what does that feel like to you as far as like the mental? Um, I know I used to have a lot of anxiety going in, like just knowing anything. It was a business meeting the next yep. day. Like, yeah. I find, I find for me, and this is on a lot of things, like I'm not that nervous leading up to it. The next, the, the 30 minutes before something, I'm kind of like internally freaking out. Like my stomach is all just like, Oh no, like, is you know, like it's a, like the butterflies or whatever. Mm -hmm. I get super nervous. And then as soon as like, like the gun goes off, I get on stage, whatever the thing is that I'm like nervous about, as soon as I'm in it, I'm fine. Uh, and I actually prefer, I hate waiting around. I hate the staging Same. aspect or if there's a, um, if there's waves of something, it's like, Okay, now I'm waiting. Like yeah. it started 20 minutes ago, and they're releasing people five minutes at a time. Um, I don't like it. Like if I'm speaking, like if uh, I'm like already, and then someone goes on before me, and they've got like 30 minutes, and I just got to kill yeah. time. I would rather just be like, "Oh, we got five minutes, go!" Uh, and just use the adrenaline to go in. But like yep. just sitting around, I just feel like I get super nervous every single time. Um, but as soon as I'm on stage, or as soon as I'm running, as soon as I'm out there. As soon as you're in the game, it's fine. It's the anticipation and it's like, you know, making sure you're getting off to the good start. That's like the, the worrisome part. But other than that, yeah. like, um, you know, the, the 24, 48 hours beforehand, like I'm always excited. Like I want to get like, you know, set up. I'm always worried I'm uh, uh, oversleep, like the start line. So I always end up like waking up like four hours ahead of time, like way too early. But uh, um, especially with some of these, you know, really early start times, but, uh, you know, that's like, that's kind of how I feel like coming into a, a race. Are you an easy sleeper? Are you someone that could just like knock out anywhere? Uh, so I can take a nap anywhere. Uh, if you tell me to like, <laughs> okay. if you tell me to actually sleep like a full night's sleep, I actually have a, I'm very good at napping like anywhere. Um, I have a hard time sleeping at night because I feel like I've, I should be going to do something more productive. Right. Um, right. So I have a hard time turning it off. Uh, uh, especially like the night before, then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just stay up all night and then just run in the morning and I'll be like, ready. That's a terrible idea. Um, terrible. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've had, I've had, you know, <laughs> one, one story is uh, when we were in Antarctica, we basically flew in on this jet and we left like super early in the morning mm -hmm. it was like a friday i want to say 
So super in the morning. Uh, it's like four hours from Punta Arenas, Chile to Antarctica. We get off and we're supposed to go the next day. So it's like three or four or something like that. We're supposed to like go the next day and do the race, but the weather was really good. And so they're like, oh, we're not going we're not going tomorrow. We're going tonight. You guys are going to start racing like at like 9 PM um, in Antarctica. And I was like, okay. So we like get back to our tent and like, I have to like knock out for uh, like a two hour nap because we're going to be running for 12 hours or something dumb. Um, And, but I, I actually preferred that. I was like, can we actually have more like late night races where I can just like take a nap ahead of time or run because you're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to get tired. You're not going to get sleepy during a run. You're the tired. You won't yeah. get sleepy. Um, and I prefer that to like, like, you know, 5 a.m. start times or, six, you know, like where yeah. you have to like get up and do all that stuff. So I don't know if that's explained. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm, no. I'm a terrible night sleeper. I'm a great napper. Great napper. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, kind of the same. I feel like I'm part like grizzly bear. Where I can, mm. I just, I can eat, I can forage and then nap and then I'm just good. I'm just good. Too yeah, much yeah, sleep yeah. wrecks me. Um, I like that. So when digging into you, man, I, I, I pulled up all kinds of really cool stuff. And one of the things that, that definitely intrigued me the most was you were the youngest person to run seven marathons and seven continents. Is that correct? Seven ultras. So seven ultras. Like, yeah. So there's only like seven people. Uh, I think that have done it. Um, there might be more, I think. So after I did it, like a year after I did it, a girl reached out to me and said she was going to attempt it. I don't know if she did it or not, but so at the time I finished you. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at the time I did it, I was the youngest just because there's like not that many people that have run an ultra marathon yeah. in every continent. And then um, some of the fun stuff is like, there's actually like disputes in the world of ultra marathons or mm. record setting in general about what constitutes Antarctica. Oh um, yeah. So we can talk about this later, but like, that's like an actual like delineation thing where some people like go to the islands, some people go to the interior, some people do it on like a, a boat in Antarctica water, but that's not technically in. Antarctica. So it's, there's like, wow, this is a, a very niche problem, but in the world of record setting and Guinness and all this other stuff, um, people, you know, break down this minutia. So, uh, but yeah, I did, uh, I did seven ultras and seven continents. Uh, I think I was like, 29 when i finished it um and most people don't get into ultra running really till like the they're later it's becoming more popular now but like you know for a long time it was just like a, a thing people started to get into as their running careers progressed um and then you know it's just logistically kind of difficult to do so um yeah. uh i finished it you know a few years ago i think actually you know, we're recording this, uh, today, like, like four years, almost exactly. I was going to do a post about this, like four years ago, yesterday. Um, I did the last wow. one. So, um, uh, yeah, it did that. And then, uh, you know, I think it's, people are starting to do it more. Uh, they're definitely mm-hmm. doing marathons on every continent. That's like a thing. And a lot of people have done it, but the worlds of ultras is, I think is growing quite a bit the last, you know, five years. So we'll see. I'm sure, I'm sure someone's going to break it at some point. Um, oh yeah. It was kind of a little fun antidote to. That's, that's to the fun thing happened. about records. It gives you something yeah. to beat, uh, even if it's your own. Um, yeah. So when doing this, was, was it intentional or what did you start doing one and then another and just kind of like naturally uh, unfolded? 
Well, so I rate, I built, I did my first ultra marathon as a challenge from Pencils of Promise. And they're like, I bet you won't run an ultra marathon and raise money for a school. And I was like, mm. okay, now I have to. Um, Cause I'm bad at turning down a challenge. Uh, so I did that. And then I actually got to go to Guatemala and see the school that we built. And I was like, whoa, that was super impactful. Oh, cool. And also, also that ultra marathon was really hard. And then I was like, okay, the tagline of the site is push your limits. And so I'm like, okay, well, what's, how can I do something bigger? And so I found this Antarctica race that looked really cool. I found a few other things that were happening. Um, and then I started looking at this world of ultras and I started finding all these really cool ultras in different places around the world. And I was like, I don't even like running that much, but I do like adventuring and seeing that stuff. And so I started writing down these races that I wanted to do. And I announced this thing is like 777. So the original goal was like run seven ultras and seven continents and build seven schools. And then after my first race, I completely like in the middle of my first race in Patagonia to Chile, I uh, completely obliterated my ankle like 26, 27 oh, no. miles in, had to had to hobble like 16, 16 ish miles, 17 ish miles uh, to the finish line, uh, like gimping along. It was terrible. Um, and then I get to the finish line. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I've rolled my ankle before. I put basketball. I'll just ice it. Uh, that spoiler, that wasn't the case. Um, I <laughs> had to do six, I, I basically had to scrap my entire schedule, uh, do six months of rehab. And then I got sued uh, by a guy with more money than he knows what to do with. And so I basically put the whole project on hold after race one and raising like 15 grand or something like that for a year and a half or two years. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to give up on this thing or I'm going to actually just have to sit down and go do it. Um, so I, I re-ran this Chicago race that I had run my first time. And I was like, it was kind of like a, what we talked about earlier. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do this. Um, mm -hmm. And I could, because it'd been a, a year plus since I'd run any sort of distance. Um, I wanted to prove myself that I could do it. I did it. And then I was like, okay, well, I got five continents uh, to finish. And I've got $150,000 to raise or something like that. And so I just sat down. I'm like, okay, there's a, a Australia one, uh, like on the new year, there's an Antarctica one that's like locked in. And I either have to hit this one or I'm not going to, I'm not going to get to all of the places. Yeah. Cause you can't go to Arctic Antarctica anytime you want. You have to go in specific times. Um, and then I just penciled everything else in. And then I was like, okay, I want to have, um, you know, the last one done before, you know, my birthday in April. So like, that's my end point. And by putting those restraints on it, it's like, okay, well, I got to run five races in like three and a half months. Okay. And it was hard. Like I got, I got hurt a couple times or whatever, but like, uh, I also realized at the beginning, you know, like, um, I talk about this a lot when people go to hard, difficult things, know what the cost is going into it. Know like, mm. what's it going to take money-wise, emotional-wise, training-wise, whatever. Like, what are you going to have to do to go achieve this and pay that price up front, whether it's money, whether it's like, I'm willing to be frustrated for four months. I'm willing to be like, you know, exhausted or whatever. Like, know that going into it. And then when it happens and when you're excited, you know, exhausted or tired, or you want to give, you're like, Oh, I already knew this is coming. I planned for it and I already agreed to it. So I just 
might as well suck it up and push through. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I busted my foot up in Finland and I had some other stuff happen, but it was all just like, okay, well, it doesn't really matter because you have these five races locked in and you're going to do them whether you like it or not. So, uh, that's the tough love talk that I have with myself on mile four yeah. of race number three or whatever. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So how is, how is 2020 impacted the race schedule? I can't imagine anything. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, well, this is why we did the, we did the longest night and the longest day race. And it was just like, mm. we're going to get a track. We're going to rock, walk around it, run around it, keep going as long as you can. And that was like our endurance stuff for the, the year. Um, Honestly, it drove me a little bit crazy, but like the longest night was really good as like a exorcism of the whole year. It's just like, get this thing off of me. Like all this stuff that you've been sitting around in your office, everybody's been working from home, staring at your screen, like get into your body for like 14 hours in the middle of the night. And like, at first it's fun. People are out, you know, some friends came out, you know, you're talking to, you know, the other guys that are running out there. And then at the end of it, it's just like, everybody's kind of like hobbling along kind of running kind of hurting you know not having an awesome time but it's like it was nice to have that in a physical sense rather than just being like mentally just like feeling down yeah yeah and it's like if i'm gonna feel bad let me feel let me let me feel it in my body and then by like getting over that it was like okay it's it's done it's out you know new year's in like 10 days or whatever it was um and it was really, really good. So it, it was a good way to kind of end the year and then like start, start new. What's that? What's the schedule look like going forward? Is there more stuff planned this year? Is it half? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm deciding if we want to do the longest day and longest night again, um, I'd love to host it as an event that people can come to. Um, we'll see how that plays out over the next couple months. Um, uh, well, being like smart, but also Texas is kind of getting back to normal right now. So, oh yeah, we'll we're the wild west. Yeah, you're definitely the wild so, west. So we'll see. Um, but uh, I want to do that. Um, there's a uh, a Grand Canyon challenge where you run Ooh. from one one rim to the other rim to the other rim. So it's like rim to rim to rim. So you run like north to south and then back from south to north, um, or reverse it or however you want to do it. But it's like 50 miles and you do it in a day. So that's, <laughs> that's something that's I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I want to do. And then there's a bunch of just things on my impossible list that I've been talking about doing for a while, like kite surfing that I just want to start doing. Um, and I don't know if I'm yeah. going to like them or get excited about them, but I'm like, I want to do them. And so kite surfing is one of them. Um, there's like free diving is another one. Um, but there's two or three things that are like, I just want to go out and do an experience because uh, I think that, that I don't have to fall in love with it. I don't have to whatever, but I, I do want to know that like, Hey, I tried this and I was interested in it. And like, if you do that with like five things, you're going to like one of them. If you do it with 10 things, you're probably going to like one. And yeah. it's like, okay, now I want to spend more time on that. I want to invest more in that. And that's kind of how I feel about kite surfing. I, I tried kite surfing a long time ago, loved it. And then I was just like, you should just spend more time on it. Um, and so I could see that being a bigger thing this year as well, spending a lot more time kiting. But, um, you know, some of the other challenges are kind of revolve around the business. I want to, we're, we're massively expanding um, the things we're doing on apparel. Um, we're working with, uh, you know, more athletes uh, than just me. So for a long time, impossible was Joel and it was Joel's endurance <laughs> challenges. 
And, you know, we're working with uh, several extreme athletes that are outgoing, pushing their limits in their own ways. And that's what I want to do specifically is like, I want to have my own challenges, uh, but I want it to be one of many. And I want to be able to support other athletes and other adventurers going out and doing things that are on the edge of their limits. Um, And uh, we're building out apparel lines to help them do that. Uh, And we're also building out some physical products this year that should help uh, like support people actually doing those adventures so um i'm yeah very excited about all of that and yeah, um, hopefully i, I saw a photo be, shoot uh, did you do a photo shoot with i think it was a uh female athlete yeah, so we have yeah so we're doing more stuff featuring other athletes around austin um we have a uh we have a couple like base jumping skydiving oh, that's speed, cool speed wing flying athletes that are like um doing some really really interesting things coming up and then uh, I met a whole bunch of kiters in South Padre and I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, I, like, you know, what are you working on? Like, what's, what's interesting to you? And so um, always looking for people who are doing interesting, cool things and we want to support them in, you know, small ways, but hopefully, you know, as we build out the company to do it in much larger ways too. So um, we're going to be pushing that quite a bit this year. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the conversations that I had, I think two days ago, um, there is this, this weird shift that's happening with sports where I think people are kind of shedding from the traditional sports and being more interested in the nuance uh, feats of athleticism. Um, like what do you like, mean by that? Uh, so remember like in the, in the nineties where like suddenly the X games was a thing like yeah. BMX riding and skateboarding. Like, I think there's yeah. like kind of like a, like a Renaissance like that with stuff like kiteboarding and um, yeah. base jumping and like even things like jujitsu and stuff like that, like things that aren't, yep. aren't normal per se. It, it, it's fascinating too. And I'm really happy to hear that. I, I think there's something interesting about like, this is why I gravitate towards ultras before, like I've run marathons, but I don't like mm-hmm. identify as like a marathoner. Right. Uh, and marathoners, the oatmeal has a great comic on this. Um, marathoners are like jackrabbits and like their speed suits that are like all zipped up and ready to run and ultra marathoners are like mountain goats with like overgrown beards like <laughs> crawling up the side of a mountain like pooping in the middle of the forest like they're its own you know eating berries um <laughs> i find ultra marathoners it's you know there's a few people that are fantastic incredible ultra marathoners but like it's hugely supportive everybody out there, like I've, I've run by 90 year old men that are like hunched over and like hobbling through their ultra marathon. it's like, there's something about it that attracts a certain type of person. And it's not about competing with other people. It's more about like, you know, where your limit is and Mm -hmm. you know what you're going to do, but you don't know what you're going to do when you, you get to it. But when you do, you get to find out. And that's the thing I like about that. And that's the thing I like about some of these other sports is like, Yes, there's objective measures if you do want to compete, but there's also like, there's a whole lot of room for you to push against yourself and find out, you know, what you're capable of. And so I think, I think there's a lot of that that's super interesting. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, very interested in like finding athletes who are out there pushing themselves, finding just like cool stories and cool adventures, like the amount of, uh, 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 stories that Dante, one of the athletes that, you know, we work with, like comes back with about like, you know, 
finding finding this jump spot and just like taking off on it or doing this you know awesome line um off the mountain on a, on a speed wing like those are just really really cool so we want to you know we're gathering footage uh this these first few months so we're going to be um doing a lot more media stuff hopefully showcasing some of these guys so i think you actually just unlocked why i think this is all happening now is because we have it's definitely an awesome but i think uh nationally and maybe globally we have this infatuation with travel as we should and i mm -hmm. think the going to all these new places we're exposed to all these new scenes and, mm -hmm. and sites that that we can express the sport in so maybe yes. yeah maybe it's uh maybe it's those two things kind of coming to a head at this time well i i, I talk about running i'm like i don't like running i don't actually like running it's not that fun um i do like the men the mental places running takes me and like the, like the meditation almost aspects of it. Also like the actual physical places it takes me. It's like, you yeah. can, I still have mental images of this one marathon I ran in Switzerland where you're running up like this two mountain uh, course. And you're like, you, just, you get to the top of this one mountain. You're just like looking over at everybody else is running. I'm like, I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to take this in. Cause this is like, you can't just get here like casually hiking in a day like you're gonna have to yeah. push yourself hard to get here um and that's the stuff that i really love it's just like that's cool you you did what where and like the story aspect and the adventure aspect and it's not just like run here on a treadmill as fast as you can for you know for time it's like what did you see along the way what did you get to do mm -hmm. like and then you put yourself in a spot where it's like you're gonna have a story out of this no matter what so have fun out yeah yeah i mean i think there is an adage it's not the journey it's not the destination it's the journey yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to to accept that one into my life um <laughs> so we we have we have all of your information we're going to be putting it in the details uh before we go any any final thoughts any anything you want to leave the the audience with uh yeah i mean a couple different things one get out of your head into your body do some physical challenges whether that's like i spent you know I think people around the country are doing different things, but in Austin, it feels like we're coming out of COVID and people are like mm -hmm. raring to do something. And instead of just like going to the bar and drinking or whatever, like find a, find a new thing that you want to do. And like, it's been a year, go do it. Um, uh, so I have a, I have a structure called the impossible list. Uh, there's a bunch of templates and um, you know, kind of the mentality behind it that's available on my site. Um, yeah. You can check out everything at impossiblehq.com. And then uh, I'm on Twitter uh, mostly and Instagram at Joel Runyon. So just my name. And uh, I think we're good to go. Reach out and bother Joel. Please do me the favor of reaching <laughs> out and bothering Joel. Um, dude, so happy that you're, you, you took the time to be on uh, the podcast with me. Um, yeah, mental and physical health, super important to me. Um, yeah, great having you as a friend. Great having you as a guest. Awesome. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, brother. Thanks. Thank you for joining us again. If you haven't already, join our online community. Link is in the show notes. It is the fastest and easiest way to live a highly intentional and satisfied life. Listen, your health, your wealth, your relationships, having fun, and your, the success of your business depend on it. I'll see you in there. Link's in the show notes. Hope you enjoyed the episode.